You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Now, my next guest has enjoyed an exciting career in the food and beverage world, starting on home turf in Ireland before heading to the Middle East. Let's find out more about Shemaine Doyle. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Shemaine, thank you so much for, for taking the call today. I'm really interested to find out more about you and your business, Brave. But before we get down to brass tacks and that, I want to ask you a few bits about yourself. You're from Dublin originally. Yep, I am. I'm from Dublin. Tell us a bit about your childhood and the food and drink experiences that you might have had in the olden days, even though you're not that old. I can see you're not that particularly old. (laughs) So, I mean, food and drink experiences, it's funny because I'm, I'm probably... I'm in that phase of my life now where I have young kids. I have an 18 month old and an almost five year old. So everything I do with them and food related brings me back to my childhood. And and when I was a kid and, you know, Sunday roast dinners were really, you know, you had to have your Sunday roast dinner or you went out for a drive and you'd you'd go to the pub and the pub was a big uh, or go out for dinner. And that was a big, a big day out, like to drive, you know, probably not too far up the road and go for for dinner and you'd be happy with your tato crisps and a, and a drink like or you know your your basket of um of uh chicken and chips and funny enough nowadays like i see it with my kids they love going in they love the novelty of going into uh going into a pub and getting a nice a nice lunch and you know traditional food and and the quality of it it just doesn't change and i i think you know even more so now um what you get in Ireland and having lived abroad for so many years I appreciate it but I also see that the quality of the food in Ireland is just it's just phenomenal it really is and and I've spent um you know a lot of time abroad and even in to to the UK and everything like just there's nothing that can beat the the Irish food even in the local pub like and you're working in that food and beverage industry now. Was that um, a plan to do that or did it happen by accident? Um, it completely happened by accident. Um, I uh, started, I mean, when I came out of college, I knew marketing was, I did a degree in marketing and I also spent, um, I spent, I did an Erasmus year in college and I went to France um, to um Annecy and it's funny you say this because whilst I go no my, you know my focus was uh you know marketing and I just landed in food I probably always had a love for food because I think about back then when I was in college and I was over in France and we were having raclette and we were having um you know the most beautiful uh pan of chocolates you know I always remember walking down and you'd get one for a, a euro and it was like a big giant pan of chocolate and I definitely came back after like my first six months in France and I was definitely probably a half a stone heavier from enjoying all the French food so I've no doubt it's somewhere it was in there and look my mom was always um having uh dinner parties and cooking and baking with her and everything and baking with my grandmother and everything so whilst I didn't sit there and intentionally go into the food industry I think it, it you know it probably was part of me um, my first job out of college was into Robert Roberts in um in in coffee um, I remember my first meeting with my boss and he put down a coffee and a tea and he said to me, I'm not too sure which 
would you prefer? And I said, oh, I don't drink coffee. And he said, don't ever tell anybody that outside of this room. <laughs> um, and little did we know that at that stage, I was, uh, you know, went on to work for Roberts for, for a couple of years in, in my very early marketing days, went into Cuisine de France um, then and, and, you know, you know, lived and breathed bakery, but also worked with the team on Tim Hortons. And, you know, later on, then I, I moved to the Middle East and, and worked with Costa Coffee. So coffee became a pure passion for, of mine. When you first went to the Middle East, um, what was that, around 12 or 13 years ago? Or you were there for 12 or 13 years? So I left in 2010. Um, so I left just as the... Uh, the, the, I suppose the crash happened but you know unlike many people I wasn't kind of driven out of the country of like oh get out you know things are looking bad I just I needed a change of scenery in my life at that time Um, I, my work was going very well Um, and I just wanted something change a change so I, I was going to go and live in London Um, I looked to London and then I, an opportunity come up to the Middle East where um some uh, ex colleagues of mine were setting up a bakery business out there, um and I uh, put my hand up and said I'd like to go out and run it for you. They looked at me like I was mad. I said I'd go out and live there because they were living in Ireland, and um I uh, yeah I, I I I went out um and <clears throat> what started out as I'll just go for two ended up with eleven years later, um so yeah eleven years I spent um in the Middle East in Dubai but um I suppose the first couple of years I was traveling all over the Middle East basically um and then um I went to work for uh, Emirates Leisure Retail which basically was the um the F and B hospitality arm of the Emirates Group. Um, so I worked with those guys um, for nine years as head of marketing there. And that was primarily looking after Costa Coffee was our, our biggest brand. We had over 150 stores there. We um, set up pret a out there, Giraffe, which is a, a UK kind of family dining. We did a lot of our own concepts. Um, yeah, a fantastic company to work for. So that's where I think really my passion for um, for coffee and food and everything really came to life there. Whenever I'm reading some of the, the food-related publications, it's very much highlighted how popular Irish produce, and in particular Irish dairy, is out in the Middle East. Whenever you first went out there, was that just starting to, to happen? Did you find it difficult to find Irish products? Yeah, definitely. I think um, when I when I go back to the early days when I was there, the, you definitely wouldn't have seen that many Irish products, um, maybe a couple. And then the word on the street would be, oh, you can now get this there or you can get this product, um, you know, um, I don't know, Kerrygold or something. But over the years, I have to say, by the time I left, nearly every category within the big supermarkets, you can find Irish products. And like the supermarket, the big supermarket I would have shopped in was called Spinney's. Um, and that's a, a very large chain out there. And they like Irish eggs, like that was, I would say the number one egg that was being sold over there were Irish eggs. Yeah, Kerrygold was huge. Um, I mean, Clonakilty, um, albeit I know, you know, you had to go to the Muslim section to get your 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 pork products, but Clonakilty was very strong and you could get a nice piece of um, bacon for your Sunday dinner. So, yeah, like Irish products. I mean, even Kyo's, you can get Kyo's, um, 
the the potatoes and you could get the crisps so yeah i mean tea the whole lot the, there wasn't a whole lot we could we could miss out on when we were very lucky now obviously you pay a premium for it over there but it was it was um it was it was great to see all the irish products out there and look, I know whenever we're traveling or we're living abroad, it is important to try the local produce and the local cuisine. But I think it's well documented that the likes of butter, there's nothing like Irish butter. So it's no wonder that Kerrygold is a very prolific brand internationally. And I think it's, you know, it's typical of us that we want the Barry's tea and the Kerrygold butter, the Irish butter because we do know it's the best and and we yeah. appreciate that it's the best yeah absolutely it's and it is the best like I come back and I'm obviously still a big fan of it but you know you can try all the other butters you want but it just hasn't it hasn't got a patch on it so it's you know whilst you know the Irish brands obviously very familiar and obviously popular with the Irish community like if you, it, it didn't matter that it was an Irish brand to, you know, to somebody else, um, you know, non-Irish people, um, it, it was the quality stood out without a shadow of a doubt. The quality stood out uh, amongst its competitors in every category, uh, you know, whether it was meat or, or dairy, etc. The quality of the food always was was a key driver. Well, you're back in Ireland now, and I would imagine that there's lots of opportunities for Irish companies to export to the Middle East if they're not doing it already. And that's something that you are you're you're doing with your your business, Brave. Yeah. So um yeah, so Brave is basically um a creative marketing agency where we look to unlock opportunities for brands and bring them to life in a brave and bold way. So I basically the, the business has worked around four key pillars and it's about finding those opportunities for businesses, bringing them to life, whether it's through new products or new channels, new customers, new markets, et cetera. And then, you know, adapting that um, that product or that that new opportunity to, to meet the market and the consumer needs and then then getting it to, to market. So uh, at the moment now I'm working with um I'm working with brands out in the Middle East. I'm working with Irish brands looking to to export out to the Middle East and they need help and insight and um an understanding of you know how their offer or their proposition needs to change to 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 work in that market. You know whether it's the message, whether it's you know how do you localize offers. You know people they really when when a brand. Um, goes out there it's really important that you recognize that you are in a local market and and depending on the type of product or the category you need to make sure that you're adapting to that market and you're talking their language um and so that's that's part of of what i i do with irish brands um helping to to set them up out there and, and get them fit for market and it's very important to know if there is a demand for a particular product in a particular market because I would imagine that some markets, um, for example, in, in the Middle East, that some of those markets might not um, be looking for alcohol brands, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like alcohol brands um, are, are very, very strong out there. And that you'd be surprised there are, it's, you know, there's only two major companies out there that operate the, all the alcohol brands but in terms of the restrictions of marketing your brand and creating a a brand you know for an alcohol brand it's it's quite restricted out there and um, albeit it's a lot better than than it has been in previous years 
Um, but like there's so many things that, that people need to be aware of doing business out there. And, you know, Ramadan is one of those things, you know, it, it's it kicks off every year. It's it's two weeks earlier when I went out there first. It was in August. There was, you know, you would you be very hard pu- pushed to find a coffee shop open in the day. You know, you yeah, and you'd be very, very you, you have to be very respectful of it. Now I speak to people I know over there and they're like, you know, everything is open. It's a lot more flexible. People are still, you know, business is still doing well. Whereas there was a time when, when during Ramadan business would just absolutely drop and you had to account for that. Whereas now business is, is, is still thriving actually during Ramadan. I live in Newcastle West, which is home to Ballygowan Water and Nash's Minerals whenever it was in existence. And long before Ballygowan was a thing and bottled water was a thing. Nash's here in Newcastle West would have been exporting bottled water out to the Middle East for okay. many, many years ago in huge quantities. Like that yeah. was a big thing. So it was then. And um, now for you, you, you mentioned actually Clonacilty sausages there. Like they have uh, a plant-based product now, Clonacilty sausages, which is, there's no meat in it. And plant-based brands is something that you're particularly passionate about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think probably more so since I've come home. And and you know, look, I'm not. Um, I'm. I. 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 I suppose to use the the funny term of a flexitarian. I. You know, I like to experiment, but I'm also looking for something that's better for you, like. Um, or you know, not as guilty a treat during the week. Um, but when you look at brands, um you know if I look at it compared to the Middle East the Middle East I found whilst you know vegan and plant-based diets it's available and it's there you come back home and the innovation in the categories the you know the products that are just you know you look at Nobo and the the chocolate and the ice creams it's fantastic and there's a there's another really brand a nice brand that I admire and feed which is you know convenience without compromise it's ready meals but it's it's delicious products um and there's just such a wealth of innovation, and I think their their challenge now is is to to get them in mainstream and and for people to you know swap between whether it's plant based or non plant based. Um. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting sector. I don't think everybody's going to win in it. I think there's a lot going on. I think there's a lot of brands out there that are trying to win in it. And I think you know to cut through the noise, you need to offer something very special and and something that's quite different, but also recognizable to your customers. And I think there's work to be done as well on education and customer perception, because it's like whenever you see, it used to be certainly whenever you saw that something was gluten free, you automatically assumed that, well, it wouldn't be as good as the non gluten free option. Whereas now we have very good, very tasty gluten free options out there. And equally, um, it is plant-based is different to vegan because veganism is more a lifestyle as opposed to a food choice and whenever people hear vegetarian or vegan the Irish are so ingrained in having that meat and two veg like they have to have a bit of meat on the plate um like my husband in particular there's a fantastic restaurant down in Cork Paradiso been there 30 years it's vegetarian one of those restaurants that I always wanted to go to but my husband was just not the right person to go to it with so I was lucky enough to be there a few weeks ago with a group and it was just amazing like the flavors 
the quality and the fact that Dennis Cotter was working with growers 30 years ago to make sure that he had enough variety um, and different types of produce to make it interesting, to make it tasty, and again, very innovative, and that it has survived 30 years and stood the test of time is very much um, testament to Dennis and the, the people that he works with. But I think that whole, whenever you see something is vegan, people kind of think, mm, don't know about that now, whereas it's plant-based. Veganism to me is a lifestyle where you have no leather, no animal product, um, and you really walk the walk for us, plant-based dishes, like some of those examples you've given there, like Novo and um Shane from Feed. They've both been on the 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 show here in um in the past. And there's growing demand for those different types of products in Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. And you know. It's not it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going out the door looking for plant based products. I want a clean, good tasting product that's healthy or that offers a healthier alternative to, I don't know, a, a ready meal that's full of additives or, you know, that. And so plant based often will will meet that need and will deliver something extremely tasty and you don't feel like you're missing out or, you know, you just want to have you, you want that balance in your life. And I think there's a lot of plant based products that that um that that meet those needs as well the other area that you're very passionate about is customer service and sometimes the customer service can be the area that lets the brand down and means that it misses out on a really important opportunity a hundred percent and you know having been um out in the middle east i have to say the customer service out there is is fantastic now I'm not going to get into a discussion about, you know, the the labor, et cetera, and, and people working and and the salaries, because I know that, you know, they're, they're very different to here and you have a different demographic that's serving you. But if you just look at the bottom line, you've got, you know, you, you'd walk into a coffee shop, they know your name, they know your coffee, they greet you with a smile. Um, and, you know, it's it's just that personal touch that just makes you want to go back to that brand or want to, you know, engage with that customer or engage in in um, in that particular restaurant. I just think there's there's an essence of it that's missing in, in Ireland, particularly since I came back. I, I just and, you know, maybe that's a I know that's um a post covid and and we've very short a shortage in in staff but i think it it just it adds that little bit of an extra touch that just makes the brand experience so much better if you have somebody who just cares that little bit more to ask to talk to your customers to you know create a relationship and um, it just it's invaluable and you know, you can't put a price on it. And I just think it's it's something that that brands really, really need to make sure that they've got they've got it nailed and that they've got, you know, people working for them that are passionate about what they serve, that they're passionate about their customers um, and that, you know, and that it shines through so that your customers can really feel it. And, and that's what's going to make them return, you know, um, and, and I, I really feel, unfortunately, we're missing a lot of that in a lot of places in Ireland. I think a lot of that comes from the top down as well. Like uh, the way that senior management treats its team can really have an impact on how they treat the customers, for example. And I also think in Ireland that we're maybe more prepared to forgive 
food that isn't as good as it should be, then we are um, customer service. The co- you know, if the customer service is great and the food isn't 100%, we are more inclined to go back because we'll give the food a second chance, whereas you might not so much give the customer service a second chance. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. I think, um, yeah, if if you have a bad customer service, bad experience, yeah, you're not going to go back. Like you're going, why am I going to pay my money if I'm going to be treated badly? Like I don't need to pay money for that. I don't care how good the food is. And and I've experienced that, like, you know, um, locally, you know, there's I've, places and, and people, if they're not, if they're not nice to you, why would I go and give my money? Whereas I can go somewhere else and I know, you know, I can have a chat. I can, you know, feel like they're actually um, appreciate your business. Like, so, um, yeah, I think that's, that's key. Well, listen, it's been lovely to talk to you today. For anybody that is interested in engaging you on a consultancy basis, where is the best place for them to go to find out more? Um, you can check out my website. It is beabravebrand.com or you can find me on LinkedIn at Shemaine Doyle. Brilliant, Shemaine. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. No problem at all. Lovely to speak to you, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM.